Welcome to the latest episode of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast. Released through Bureau 42, I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we're looking at three, which is the X-Files take on vampire mythology. Original air date was November 4th, 1994. So again, we are exactly 20 years later. This episode was plotted by Chris Rupenthal, who previously wrote Roland. The actual script was finished by Morgan and Wong. And again, it was directed by David Nutter. And this is the first episode with no appearance by Gillian Anderson at all. She will return. I'm not going to spoil when that's going to happen, just in case anyone is listening along with this, watching the series for the first time. And we do get a feel for how much time has elapsed during the course of the end of the first season until now. With the reopening of the X-Files at the end of Ascension, we see Mulder coming back to the office and pulling the desk covers off of everything in the X-Files office. Apparently, he was forced to leave in such a hurry he couldn't even take his nameplate with him. The Fox Mulder nameplate is still on the desk under the plastic. He also pulls a calendar off the wall. Now, we know that the X-Files were closed in May, and we know that Scully was abducted in August from the Dwayne Barry and Ascension two-parter. This time, he turns the calendar forward all the way to November. So, Skinner's decision to reopen the X-Files apparently got snagged up in some red tape, and it took a two or three months before that finally went through, but it has happened. Mulder is back in the X-Files office, and Scully has been gone for quite a while. One of the first things he does is reopen her file, and it's right down to that chain that she was wearing that they introduced in Squeeze, except now Mulder is wearing it to remember her. Now, in the teaser, we were introduced to a series of killers who like to drink the blood of their victims operating out of California. And this episode takes place in the time when there were fires running out of control in California. And that's represented here to the point where they've even recolored the sky. This is being filmed in Vancouver. So it didn't have the same red skies that we had in LA. Apparently, LA was really undergoing some kind of crisis at this point with the red skies. So you can see the signs where they've superimposed images of that LA sky and that reddish sky over the Vancouver skyline. Now, this episode, it only ranks 6.7 out of 10, which actually makes it one of the weaker episodes of the season, as far as the IMDb viewers are concerned. And I have to admit, I wasn't a big fan of it the first time I watched it. Going through the series again for the purpose of these podcasts, knowing where the series is going, where it's coming from, I can see why it's an important piece of the puzzle. There's one thing we get here if we don't get it anywhere else, and that's a very clear demonstration of where Scully is in Mulder's life now. If we go back to the first season, she could have been replaced at the drop of a hat, especially in those first few episodes. Mulder wouldn't even have noticed. Here, he absolutely notices she's gone. He's back in that downward spiral of depression that he was in when the X-Files were closed in the first place. He's still not completely out of it, even to the point where he doesn't book a hotel because he doesn't sleep anymore. So he is just a mess. Now, he brings himself in on the case. Even when he arrives, the LAPD says, nobody called the Bureau, and his response is, well, you should have. Because he sees these people as serial killers. It's also a bit of a different take. We see that Mulder does have some amount of skepticism within him. He does not believe in vampires. He believes the vampire mythology was born out of misinterpretation of a particular disease. But here he runs into people who believe they are vampires. He plays into the mythology and plays into his knowledge of that supernatural mythology to achieve his goals and try and get all three of these people that view themselves as the unholy trinity. 
We do see a lot of the respect for the audience that's been a hallmark of the series up to this point. Uh, for example, when Mulder is going through Club Tepes, which is clearly vampire-themed in the real-life history, Vlad Tepes Dracul was a big inspiration for the Dracula myth. So a club that uses his middle name seems to play into that. As he's going through, he sees a woman whose compact is missing its mirror. Now, the guest star playing this woman is Perry Reeves, who was actually dating David Duchovny at the time. In terms of the other guest stars, we also see Ken Kramer, who we previously saw in the Erlenmeyer Flask and we'll see again in Season 3, as well as Tom McBeath and Malcolm Stewart, both of whom have appeared previously in the pilot, in space, so they are starting to reuse the guest stars that they were happy with the first time, and to a much greater degree. So as we're going through this, Muller's investigating someone that he initially believes is the woman who calls herself the Unholy Spirit in this trinity. He learns that she's sort of tertiary to the group, and John, or the son, was interested in her, but she was trying to break away, and Mulder's trying to help her get away when the actual trinity shows up to take care of both of them. Now, this is after John basically died as a result of sunlight and came back to life. So he says it surprises him more than anyone else, but yes, the whole vampire mythology is true. And this is what has driven Mulder home. He had previously assumed that the vampire mythology was just nothing but mythology. And now he is confronted with evidence that it is in fact real. So we also see that Mulder goes into, as I said, a downward spiral. This time he actually gets romantically involved with Perry Reeves' character, Kristen, as part of his skewed worldview now, and part of his way of dealing with the absence of Scully. So we clearly see, without Scully, he's making some very bad decisions. He has been driven into a depression. Ultimately, they do come out of it, although based on the earlier part of the episode, the question is, will these guys come back? Because John says, yeah, most people just die. They come back. So John had died. Now he's returned. We don't know if that's going to happen with these guys or not. It's entirely possible they're still out there. Maybe they aren't. Either way, we don't see them again. So this episode, it is, as I said, the X-Files take on vampire mythology. It's a decent episode. I don't find it to be a particularly standout episode. Although, you do need something like this between Ascension and Scully's return. Join us again in two weeks' time when we discuss One Breath and... We'll see if that's where Scully returns or if she's coming back later. Thank you and please join us again. Intro and outro music is by Lastwell, created under the Creative Commons license. All other content, copyright 2014, Bureau 42. Please feel free to send any comments and feedback to bureau42podcasts at gmail.com or leave us a review on iTunes.